Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 100 of the Greenlight Podcast. Uh, from Athens, Ohio, where it all started, this is a live recording of Ian and I in person for the first time. Where it all started. Where it all started. But when was the last time we recorded a podcast in person? It's been a minute. Uh, I mean, it had pandemic, to be Brooklyn. Pandemic put a little shift in it and had to be in Brooklyn. I don't know if we even recorded in person in, during pandemic. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. But Shout we out are, Zoom, but this is a lot... This is a hell of a setup. Yeah, and I'm not going to pronounce this right, but I think we're in the... Schoonover? Schoonover Center. I was trying to get ahead of that before you actually... Uh, <laughs> uh, in Athens, uh, Ohio U, where it all started. The greatest place on earth, really. We're drinking uh, Highlander Grog from Brennan's. We just had sandwiches from Bagel Street Deli. If you know, you know. If you don't, get lost. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty good start to the morning. Pretty good night. Uh, we got to hang out with Jeff Bowles last night, who... Uh, is just an unbelievable dude, you know, actually uh, surprised our wives who he was just because he was so open to talking with us Crazy. because most head coaches uh, don't do that, you know, like they don't necessarily feel the need to come up and like talk and hang out, you and, know. And to set the scene too, the fact that this dude right now is a level three snow warning in Athens. There's snow, ice everywhere. The guy slept in his office last night, stayed here. Basically, was in sweats from the night before, in sleepover clothes, had practice, worked out the whole day. After a game the day before and a game now this morning or this afternoon, had this alumni social last night that most people didn't make it to, and he still stayed. Even though there were basically two managers that showed up, and you and I, and then a couple others later, he stayed through that. The fact that he cares that much, that it wasn't just making an appearance, it's like, no, I've, I've been here for 48 hours straight pretty much. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to have a true, actual, real conversation with people that were a part of this program in a minimal way. Like, yeah. it's not like, it's <laughs> yeah. not like our, our names are in the rafters or anything like that. It no. is, um, I think, probably the, the number one legacy we left is probably the amount of sweat that we, we wiped up off the floor. A ton. Um, but shout out to Jeff Bowles. I mean, it is, we've talked about this before. I mean, it's crazy to have an alum as your, the coach of your team, mm -hmm. to have it work out is even crazier and right we now talked there's about, not a lot but yeah because we talked about that on a previous episode how many coaches are coaching the school that they went to and there's only like five no there's more than that but a lot of them haven't had, had like yeah maybe we were talking about the successful success ones, ones. yeah because painter ones painter not. came up right painter is one um if you look at just this season alone um obviously jim Beheim, Syracuse, yeah. probably not gonna make the tournament patrick ewing probably not gonna make the tournament <sighs> yeah um Sorry to the, uh, the the close friends of the pod and family of the pod. But, yep, we love um, you. There's, I mean, there's plenty. And but the fact, my biggest thing with Jeff Bowles, and I said this to one of the GAs last night, is that this program um, should always be top four in the MAC. In my opinion, should be always be top two. And it was there. It fell off for a minute, but how quickly he was able to get that back and the trajectory that they're on is on a much higher scale than it really ever, ever was. Yeah. Like, feels, at least while we've, and, and we had three tournament wins between us. And I don't think that the future was even as bright then as it is right now with the recruiting class he has coming in with the buy-in that he has with the group of guys that he does have. It's awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, look at it like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but even our run, we didn't have an NBA guy. I had I had Mo for a year. You had Mo, yeah, yeah. That's Mo right. was a two year guy that got one year in the NBA. Yeah, like we'll see what happens with Jason. I think he has a legit shot after he comes back from his injury, which Jeff said is progressing. Like yeah. he's he's doing well, which is good. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, either way, Jeff, Jeff, man, we're gonna get him on the pod too, uh, which is exciting. But he's just an unbelievable dude. Just like to point out, this man too commutes every yeah. single day, and we'll probably, when he's on, I'll have him talk about us from Columbus, Ohio to Athens, Ohio. Which is at minimum an hour? Hour 20. It's crazy. Yeah, hour 20 from us, and he's in New Albany, so it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, very, very fortunate for to have him as as the coach of, of our alma mater, his alma mater. Um, and 
and, and, and could not be happier about the place they're in. So it's awesome to be back. It's awesome to see what is their record right now. We're so they're sitting, I believe, second in the conference. They're sitting at eighteen and three. I think it's one Love of the best starts in school history. They're seventy ninth in Ken Palm. Um, play Western Michigan today. They are projected to win eighty to fifty eight. And then they've got a huge rematch here on Tuesday against Toledo. It's the only MAC team they've lost to. Yep. So. Yeah, when you actually look at that, too, it's like they lost to Kentucky and LSU, which no one cares about. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's supposed to happen. So they really have one loss that actually matters. Um, and they're going to get Toledo again but next. Man, that's a quad one potential win, though. If they can win on the road in Toledo on Tuesday. Yeah, that'd be huge. That's a quad huge. one. And they're, it's a little, yeah. a little payback for what was, for the most part, they did get it back to six, but like Toledo... They, they played really well. I mean, yeah. they dominated that. And game. shout out Walt Offit. It's crazy how much, how many Bobcats are now spread in the map with Gross <laughs> and Ford at Akron with our guy Aaron Foose at yep. Kent State, Walter Offit at Toledo. Um, it shows the, the trickle down effect when you have success in the MAC and your people uh, kind of spread out into other programs. But all those teams are honestly Ohio, Toledo, Kent, Akron, top four teams. Yep. And they've all got a little piece of Ohio in them. So yep. Um, all right, this is going to be a different episode. We're not going to talk too much about uh, what's happening in the basketball world right now. We're kind of going to go down a memory lane trip. But let's start with how and why we became managers. And maybe even before that, of how and why we ended up at OU. Um, weirdly enough, I was down to OU and Arizona State. Uh, my- There's a common thread between that. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of beer at both places. Um, <laughs> it's different and, climates. And to be honest with you, OU came in late and stole me. You know, I was I was ready to commit on my official visit to Arizona State with my father when we uh, sat down at Hooters, and the junior at the time who was serving us was just selling me on Arizona State. Uh, she was. She was doing a good job. And my dad was just laughing at me like, oh, yeah, you're, you're coming here. We bought the shorts. I did the whole oh, thing. Yeah. And then we came literally to Athens, and it looked like this. Like, it was horrible. We came in the winter. It was snowy. To it was paint cold the picture for everyone, there yeah. is snow covering every piece of ground right now. We're looking yeah. at College Green, um, and there is ice. There is snow. Everyone is in boots. Yeah, you can slip at any time. It almost happened. So, uh, yeah, Arizona State was going to be the winner. Um, and then I think we came here, and, like, we were literally talking about no bias with four Bobcats in the room right now but like the campus is just different like it feels different as soon as you get here uh it i literally said before i went on any visits i was like i just want the stereotypical college experience like i want it to if you had to film a movie for like american pie or something like one of the it would be filmed here one thousand percent so when i got here i was like oh man okay and then really the manager story was we my dad had coached against tim o'shea like you know a century ago um and where was O'Shea at when he coached do you know uh my dad was at Harvard I think he was at BC okay um as an assistant at that point yeah I can't remember but anyway so we when we came on the visit we went to a practice and then we're I know we're going to get into like the different styles of coaches but Tim O'Shea sat with us for 40 minutes during his own practice no way did not coach the practice he just sat with my dad and talked and I was just sitting there it's unbelievable so X's and O's or experiences no just just catching up and nonsense and then just being like yeah you can be a manager like here so that really was a big turning point too when I was like oh okay so like sport management I want to manage in that uh, or I want to major in that Um, I love the campus um, and then can be a manager so it was like here we go and then even when I got here um I didn't I didn't become a manager for like two months I didn't realize that until last time we had this conversation yeah that we were here together um is that you weren't a manager right off the jump no because I was like I I went I went once early like September for like one practice and was like oh man this (laughs) this is not fun at all um and then I was like yeah like it was Doug Dewey who was the GA and I remember always texting him like, yeah, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm just trying to like get my bearings straight, like figure out life uh, yeah, as a yeah. college student. Yeah. And I just didn't. You know, I went like once and then just like that was it. And then I think it was like October or November. The season was about to start. I definitely missed like the first couple games because yeah. that was the only time I went to a game as a student. Um, That's crazy for me to think about, too, that you were actually I in was the in the Ozone, which yeah. is like I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. But um Went to a couple games, and then people, all the people around me started to, like, early, like, pick their lanes, and were, like, people were going to go, 
like Linden. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be a weatherman. And he was like starting to like go to the yep. place and like practice. And I was like, all right, I got to get my thing. Cause like, I can't be the only one not with a thing. Yeah. And then that really made me push it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go and I'll start. And then, yeah, that was probably like November, December. I missed like the first five games. That is pretty wild. And wh- how many managers did, were there at the time? Was it a big staff or was it? It was probably six or seven dedicated ones. Yeah. And then like two to three and like I was an ancillary guy for a while until I, I made mean, that shift. Be, I don't really know anyone that's really stepped in and's like, all right, yeah, you don't have to do the grunt work. You don't have to film up in the crow's nest. You don't like, I mean, no. yeah. I, I mean, you want to, you want to hear one of the most embarrassing and like, I didn't know what else to wear. I didn't have anything else. Hold on. I want to hear this because I, I, I don't even, I, I don't think you remember I'm, what I wore. Let me hear this. I've never told this story to anybody, but Doug Dewey, the GA, literally I walk in and I'm wearing it. It's very subtle. It's just, it was this old Duke shirt that just had a six. Oh my gosh. And I think it was for the six man. Like they were like, yeah, the yeah, crowd, yeah. but it had no Duke emblem, but it was like blue. Like you could yeah. tell if you knew like college basketball. Yeah. And that's all I was like, I don't have any OU basketball stuff. I just showed up like with a hoodie. And then that, and Doug Dewey was like, go the fuck back and turn this shirt inside out. He goes, first of all, you're not a Duke. Second of all, your head coach coached at BC. You think he wants to see that? And I was like, yeah, man, I, could I just get a shirt so I can just rock? I was like, that's how dumb I yeah. was. You know what I mean? That's how dumb I was. I remember that exactly. Same thing. So I'll Did you show up my Virginia? background? No, I never, and to this day, I never wore a single piece of Virginia clothing in the combo. Um, I do know someone, there, there was one other fresh, I guess two other freshman managers with me, one that only lasted a semester or a quarter um, that did show up to one practice wearing a backwards UNC hat and oh. and short UNC shorts that Foose. That's worse than me. And that's and Foose, I remember when I had my quote unquote interview, when I talked with Foose, who was the ops guy at the time, um, he was like, yeah, so obviously you come in, you work hard. He's like, don't wear any other teams. Anything. I was telling him about my experience growing up as a Virginia fan, why I was passionate about college basketball, why I wanted to work. And he's like, all right, yeah, that's great. He's like, but you gotta leave that at the door, leave and 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 put that in the past because like you can't wear any of that stuff. I remember when I came, my first practice or my first, uh, I'll, I'll tell this story, but my first, I guess, conditioning session, training session in the, in the fall, same thing. I didn't have much OU stuff like that. I felt comfortable wearing. And he said, he's like, hey, be ready to work, be ready to rebound. I showed up in an Ohio Bobcat cutoff, like oh. Under Armour cutoff. Sleeveless, and I'm like, and and for those that know me, and you get a visual, like, I mean, I, I weigh like 170 pounds. I probably have like the leanest arm, like, and I'm sitting. You hit here, the gym irregularly. Irregularly is putting it like very nicely. Um, but the I, I showed up, and I think sweats, and, and obviously you guys, I think, and players were nice enough not to just be like, at least what, to my face, like, who doing? is this weirdo? <laughs> but I uh, I remember rebounding. And then the same thing, our first, I remember our midnight madness. Well, there's a midnight madness that was at like 6 p.m., whatever it was. I was like, all right, everyone, black sweats, gray Ohio t-shirts. And I was in, I was still so early on that I didn't feel comfortable like asking for gear. And I walked, I went to the college bookstore and, and I bought, bought black shit. Ohio sweatpants, a gray, just plain Ohio basketball t-shirt to wear. And now looking back on it, the amount like, I got too much gear over the four years that like I had to just try and give away. Yep. And the fact that I'm like, I spent money on Ohio basketball gear at the bookstore while I was the manager is wild. But I, I also want to say I have, we're going to talk about our craziest road trip story, but even another embarrassing story. I have hit the head coach at Ohio state in the balls with a basketball. Wow. Yeah. For those that know, okay, Chris Holtman. Um, yep. So he, so Matt, let's paint the scene. He is running a drill on the other end of the court. Yep. I'm right in the middle, and the ball rack is all on the opposite side. So they're throwing basketballs to me, and I'm turning and just firing them to coach, right? So I get two, and we we successfully got two of these, right? And the third one he just, like, didn't need. Yeah. So the second one, that I hit the first one, hit the second one. I get the third and just turn and fire it. And as I fire it, Holtman is turning oh, and no. just – crushes him in the ball and is he was like, like was, was he like, an even keel kind of dude he or didn't, did he yo he took it in stride he didn't say anything it was <laughs> it was insane he now he like groaned because of course for obvious reasons uh and kind of like hunched over and he may have said like a couple swears and i obviously like ran up and was like coach oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and he just kind of <laughs> just kind of like put his hand out like yeah okay man okay like one of those and then i just like walked away and like i looked at foos and was like just like dumbfounded and he that was it like he just didn't say anything about it we never talked about it oh my gosh. um but it was the for manager screw-ups that that's as 
about as bad as he can get. Now, he wasn't the head coach, so it could always There's, get worse. Yeah. But that's about as bad as it gets. That's Have you tough. ever messed Like, what's your worst mess up? My worst one, this wasn't on me, but while I was the head manager, I remember I had gotten one of the freshmen to mix the Gatorade um, and bring it in. And we would wheel all <laughs> the that. The Gatorade on better the, be good. And, but we would wheel all, like, the Gatorade in the water on, like, basically, like a. Like a TV cart, kind of how you know when the substitute teacher brings the TV in. That was a great day, great, a great awesome day. day. But that's the type of contraption that we had, like Bill the water coolers on, because they're big. And as you're going up the little like ramp to the court, the convo, oh, God. there's like a little yeah, uh, me- it, yes. it covers the wires, everything. And I'll never. You gotta know that's coming. Just about to, because you're finished, you're getting the water ready and the Gatorade and everything before practice. Everyone's still shooting around. You're about to get in. Atrocious. Hits it. Oh. Gatorade, water everywhere onto the floor. I think that's worse. So, than, and we're than... starting practice. And th- it wasn't me, but it was like it, like your guys, like what's going on? I'm like, goodness gracious. So then you got to get all your managers off of rebound, like with towels, yeah. trying to wipe it up. Nightmare fuel. First thing you're starting practice with typically is you're doing like some full court, like, like partner passing. You're going three on two, two on one, maybe just to kind of get your legs and the blood flowing. And it was like, oh, no, well, we got to stick to the half court because there's Gatorade and there's water all over here. That, and then all of our managers are trying to fill it up. So that was like, that was a tough. And I think that was under Coach Christian. And there were times We worked where, for good dudes, though, because there's, you know, we have a bunch of man, former manager friends that are still in the business that have been put on the treadmill. Like there's the infamous cr- story of, that is crazy. of Billy. Well, I won't, you know, of, of a different Billy. who Someone that knows Billy. Yeah. A different Billy got put on the treadmill for... Messing up the clock. You know what I mean? So, like, we had, we had, we worked for good dudes. No, we did. I, the one story I actually, this is actually perfect because I've always wanted to tell this. I don't think I have. It's the, and I love Jim Christian so much and we'll talk about, but he, the most scared I've ever been as a manager and honestly, probably most trouble I've gotten in as a manager. And it wasn't really trouble. This is going to be a good transition into the Vegas story. <laughs> no, this was um, when I was a senior, I lived above. For those of you that went to Ohio University or listening to this, it's been a million things. It's been Gigi's bubble tea. It's been Habibi's. It's been a rotisserie Gigi's chicken. It's been tea. basically across from Jimmy John's. I don't understand bubble tea, but keep going. But it was a prime location on Court Street. Um, and we had two big bay windows basically that opened up almost as decks. And as most people know, in the student section, you've got big fat head cutouts of like the players' heads, the logos, all that stuff. Well, the way that Coach Christians was set this was his – I guess it was second year. No, his second year um, was when this happened by taking it. His first year, he was very self-conscious of it because it was cut in a weird way. It was an awkward picture oh, of him. yeah, I know this So story. he told the managers, like, one of the games, like, hey, go get that out of the crowd and just, like, hide it in the manager closet. He's like, I don't want that in the stands anymore. So we do. And this is bad. my junior year, so then we ended up taking it home. And the house I lived in my junior year was across from the Catholic Church. Every single game day before the game, after shoot-around, Coach Christian would go to – um, who would go to the Catholic Church, uh, repent whatever he needed to do to get his mind right. I mean, that, and that is what he was doing. And we would put, we had like, kind of in the window, but it was a, it was off to the side. Like his head was in there, and he he kind of took it in stride. And he liked it at first. He was like, oh, like I see, like Fraser, I know what your house is yours every time because um, my head's there. Well, senior year. It's a little bit different when you're on Court Street and your and your roommates decide to take the big head that was sitting in my room. Halloween, the second largest block party in the country outside of Mardi Gras. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people at OU. My roommates decide to hang Jim Christian's head outside of our window for everyone Was to this see. Vincent Kalo's idea? No, this is not uh. Vincent Kalo, thank goodness. Um, but my roommates hung that there. One of our assistants, before things got crazy, drove down Court Street um, and saw it. I had no idea that he saw it or anything. Um, the there next, was a second shooter. So the next, so the next morning, I was a senior year after Halloween. I'm just trying to make sure. Okay, I'm not hungover. Or practice the next day. Obviously, oh, it's Halloween. We got to talk about. And I that. show up, and then I'm not thinking anything of it. And he goes, and I come in, and one says, Yo, "Coach is not happy with you." I'm like, oh, like I'm on time. That's just a terrifying. I'm, I'm on. I'm, what are we sentence. talking about? I'm like, I'm on time. I'm not hungover. Terrifying. Like, I'm good. And he comes up, and I remember in the before practice even started. Jim Christian pulls me like half court, mm. and he goes, "Fraser, what the fuck do you think you're doing?" Uh-huh. And I and I I said, "Coach," I'm, and he goes, "I don't ever want to see my head hung for the entire town of Athens to see above your apartment." And I said, "Coach, I apologize. I didn't even realize it was up there. My roommates threw it up there before I got home from practice." Blah blah blah. And he was like, 
I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah. And so that quickly went in the dumpster. Um, oh. and, and that was that was a scary moment, like being pulled over. And it was just, a, it wasn't a, I'm going to yell at you, curse you out in front of everyone. It was just like, no, like I'm, I'm very serious. And I, and I love Jimmy. He's an awesome dude. That was the most scared I've ever been by far. Um, All which right. you've had a, a scary. I've had worse. I've had worse. Um, I think it was 0809. I was literally looking it up. But when did we go to Vegas? Uh, I don't know. That was my freshman year. So it was, not, it was not 10, so 11. Oh, okay. Um, I was not on this road trip because I was just probably a month in on the job. Yeah, so let's set the scene. So we are in Vegas for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's me, Michael Kuhn, and Kevin Donaher are the three managers. Um, we're there the whole week. Like I think we flew out like Monday. We're playing multiple games. I think that's when we played, played Kansas. Kansas we played Kansas smoked. and Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Good, I think we, really I think we went Kansas over team. too. I think I would need to look I it up. I think you but got the. Uh, did we get Santa Clara? I you can't got the remember. Santa Clara game because that's you got it in the afternoon and then you guys went out. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, uh, so you won 78-72. There you go. Um, yeah, so we go one and one. We spend Thanksgiving in in uh, Vegas, and I don't want to cut you off, but I just am looking at this Kansas score. Yeah, it was horrible. We lost ninety eight like to forty one. No, yeah, you didn't 50. lose by forty. You lost by fifty seven points. That one, that one. Ninety eight. My, just say our wives are in the podcast studio right now, and, and my wife literally just put her uh, her her hand over her mouth of how atrocious that score is. Hey, well, guess what? Guess what? The managers don't get credit for wins, and we don't get credit for losses. So true. had nothing to do with us. Fair enough. Uh, our 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 operation was tight that game okay the the water was delivered on time the balls just didn't go in all right had nothing to do with us uh but he, let's get to the part where uh your boy messed up royally so uh michael coon's family comes to vegas for the trip um and then kevin donaher like flew out so we had we basically were like done after santa clara um and we i was flying back with the team michael was staying the weekend with his family it was thanksgiving weekend yes. so it made sense those we families had, were yeah doing, so kind of and then kevin them. like flew somewhere else like he legitimately like left that night i don't know what he did i can't remember now but i all to be said i was on my own as a manager right so these guys are done i have all the bags in my room i have all the the leftover responsibility which at this point isn't much it's like just get on the bus and I go think, home. but it, you've got gear you've got it's pads lot, you've got water bottles you've got it's just like a lot of suitcases along with the stuff you're bringing yeah a lot of crap so uh like you said we finished that game in the afternoon um and everybody just goes their separate ways. michael and kevin leave and the whole team is out so the staff's out the team's out we're all drinking um, and I should say, like, I was hanging out with Michael and Kevin before they left. Like, we were out drinking that night. Um, so things go awry. We we get after it. Drinks, beverages were had and consumed. And so that part, that's not the exciting part. But I get back to my hotel. It had to be 3.30, 4 in the morning. Like, Gosh. very, very late. And we have, like a, like, not a red eye by any means, but, you know, like an 8.30 a.m. flight back to Ohio. So I get back to my room. The next scene that I remember is loud, loud banging. I'm going to do this and hopefully not mess up, but like like that banging good. on my door, my phone alarm going off, yep. every single light in the hotel room on, and the TV's on SportsCenter. So everything's on. I am not under the covers. My sneakers are still on. I'm perfectly aligned in a straight line on the bed, just sleeping. So I, I have no idea what's happening. It's like 6.30, 7, I don't know, whatever time it was. I open the door, and the crazy, there's the funniest words in the world were Aaron Foost is at the door. He's on the phone. Our ops guy. Yeah, our ops guy. And he literally just says, we got him, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> So I opened the door. He says we got him, which I think he was on the phone with Michael or Kevin, just like, yo, where is this dude? You guys were the last one with him. Like, yep. how is he not in his hotel room? He he hangs up the phone. I look at him. I have no clue what's happening. He's like, you have three and a half minutes to get on the bus or we're fucking leaving you. I get on the bus. Everyone from the AD to... I don't even think D-Mac was on the team yet, to the last walk-on is sitting on the bus. <laughs> I put all the shit underneath. I walk on. Gross doesn't say a damn thing, okay? Now, this is... You have to walk by all the, the, the coaches. Like, if anyone oh, has yeah. ever been on a... Like, the managers first do not seat sit is, up front. First seat, like, the captain seat is gross. Uh, yeah. So I get on, and I walk as fast as I can by there, and I just, like, shiver down into a seat. No one says anything to me. 
we get to the uh, airport. I'm like getting all the bags for everyone. I'm like trying to like do everything right. We get in line. I'm getting in line for coffee and like a sandwich from Starbucks or some shit. Yeah. Gross gets behind me and I'm not even remotely turning. And he, this is probably actually the nicest thing Gross has ever done for me. Um, it turned out to be a, a nice thing. So he comes in and he, and he has one of these like classic one-liners. And he, this is all he says. He goes, if you're going to hoot with the owls, you have to be able to soar with the eagles. All timeline. <laughs> and then, and then he buys me my Starbucks. So he's like, I got it. And I just looked at him like, Thanks, coach. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. I was like, coach, listen, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, we made the flight. Like, that was it. Like, as long as we made the flight. It was awful. It was like truly. The anxiety, and then the whole. I, I feel the anxiety. I didn't even know if years, I was going like, to be a manager on the way back. It's been, what, 11 years, 10, 11 years ago at this yeah. point? Like, and I still, I feel the anxiety. I truly didn't know if I was going to be a manager. Awesome. Like, I thought, like, we would get back and he, they'd be like, hey, man, thanks so much for your time, but get the fuck out of our office. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm looking at that. And yeah, and we, that was because that was such a, the thing that too, the dynamic of that is that we were on quarters and Thanksgiving OU ends. Yeah. So there was you, Donahue and Kuhn, just the three of you that were staying on campus basically from then till January. Yeah. So there's not even any, like you were just kind of in the spotlight, in like it. that, that. And Dustin that Ford is, never let, and then, then the, the, you know, ridicule really happened. Like after the fact, like the next practice we had, yeah. That's when the coaches were just. And that was a big ball busting it. staff, too. Oh. Like, I mean, Dustin Ford is the definition of a ball buster. Yep. Um, gross can be at times. Gross, like, uh, kind of like what he, what he said to you. But, like, Dustin Ford. No, gave, he would kill you. Dustin Ford gave me the name Lee Harvey yes. because I came, my hair was like disheveled, whatever. And he said, I look like Lee Harvey Oswald. And I still can't shake that to this day. That name will always. I would uh, say, I would say, you've had a really good glow up. Uh, much appreciated. I mean, um, would you agree? I would agree. Uh, it, I mean, my was, hair is, has pretty much looked shitty my I whole mean, life. But I was, your hair was very looked fa- bad, and now it looks amazing. It was fair enough for him to call me Lee Harvey. The craziest thing, and I remember this, we're ironically, we are here at the um, Ohio Bat- Men's Basketball Alumni Reunion, and the very first one was at Coach Gross's house. It was in the fall, and he asked me, Kevin Donahue, Michael Kuhn to come help. Basically, refill oh, beer, talk up to the people. Light story? And so, no, 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 oh. <laughs> no, no, we can't go there. Yeah. Um, but this is so we're just helping. And there's, I mean, Gary Trent's there, Chad S. This is there, like big the Ohio OGs. names, like all these, because it was the very first one. And it was at Gross's house, and we're outside. And he he goes, hey, I want to take the chance, I introduce my staff to all you guys. And he's going online. And now, Grant, I had been a manager for an entire year, and and I guess a quarter, so a few months at that point. He's going down the line. He's introducing, this is Dustin Ford, my top assistant. This is, and they are managers. And he goes, this is Michael Kuhn, Kevin Donaher. And oh. I honestly thought he was going to say Lee Harvey. I because he, oh. no one at that point had really called me by my name since Ford gave me the name Lee Harvey. And so I really am like, is this guy going to say Michael Kuhn, Kevin Donaher, and Lee Harvey? And thank goodness, Gross <laughs> pulled out Ian Frazier, and I much, I very, very much appreciate that. But actually, it's a perfect transition because I was going to say how I even ended up traveling to begin with. Yeah, is that same season? So your freshman year, um, and I'm looking. It's crazy. Your freshman year, my freshman yeah. year. His Paul's senior year. Paul was the head manager. Uh, Michael and Kevin were mostly it was the Juniors. three of you guys traveling pretty much every time. Um, you were the three main guys. And then for whatever reason, I honestly, I think it was, I'm looking right now, if you pull up the Ken Palm and you look at all the losses we had in a row and then actually look on the stretch we went on, um, at the time we were, let's see, Ohio was 12, we were 12 and 13 and it was February 15th. Paul asked to not go on a road trip because it was Valentine's Day weekend. Oh yeah, I got murdered for this. And and this is kind of crazy. The and seren- this, and then the serendipity it, behind this. You got to bring up the freaking thing i painted so yes that ford murdered me for so, that too paul not only and and his wife or girlfriend out. at the time yeah. um who was in the room with us luckily um all this kind of work it's all it's the serendipity behind it is crazy how this all kind of worked out i had never tried like freshmen's typically freshmen are typically not traveling no. at all i just i was at every practice i was always working hard though and then paul decides i i don't want to go on this trip it's Valentine's i lied to weekend. i lied to foos i said he i had said a big final a, a final 
What the final did. in fucking February. Or whatever <laughs> what it was. What are we talking about? Whatever Come up with a better lie, guy. And so for the, uh, all the other Ohio people listening, once again, the, um, was it, the, I don't know what that wall is called, but there's basically the mural wall yeah, that's like behind can- Copeland. Yeah, or you behind, can like paint it. There's yeah, a lot of fraternities and sororities do stuff. Huh? As you're going up Richland Avenue from the convo towards Court Street, um, Paul painted that. And I forget the and exact. And Taylor, Taylor helped Paul too. and Taylor painted it. And it, it said, will you be my Valentine? Will you be my Valentine or something my like Valentine. that? Happy Catherine, Valentine's Day or something. Whatever shit. it was. So, and if you want to talk become, about, I could have gone so viral. This was way before any social. I got yep. no love. Crazy. But because I got of a wife and no because love. Of, because of the, the love in Paul's heart, I got to go on my first road trip, which was at Buffalo, who at the time was like, I think first or second in the MAC. We're sitting under 500, 12 and 13. We win. So then, sat, so that's Tuesday. Yep. Saturday, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was you couldn't go again or Donner, someone couldn't go. And yeah, that's, when bra- that's when Bracket Busters was still a thing. Yep. And they were trying to match up mid-majors at the, towards the end of the season to help get them another powerful win to help boost their resume. That was right state. So we go to Winthrop. I get to go to Winthrop again just because Gross uh-huh. is such a guy that's like, I want to keep things the same. We want to keep us rolling. We win in overtime at Winthrop. We get above 500. And I'll never forget, I get on the bus, and I thought he was joking at the time. Gross goes to, to, um, he goes to Foose, our, our ops guy, and says, Lee Harvey's coming on every road trip with us until we lose. Like, we're rolling. So then and you so, went to Kent. So here I am as a freshman manager um, that's just, I'm traveling, and no matter if we had to take three, no matter if we, or if we had to take four, I start traveling. We go to Bowling Green. No, we play Bowling Green at home. We win. So we're now on a three-game winning streak. We go at Kent, who I know for a fact was first in the MAC. At Kent, yeah, you won and this by is the one, one point by one OT. point, and I'll never forget. They put the uh, they put our um, like our, our filming station was in the middle of the stands, kind of. Okay. And I didn't realize at the time that this is another embarrassing manager story, though. I didn't realize at the time that the audio had to be on, like. Oh, this is when you were cheering and screaming and shit. And so this was a heated, <laughs> this was a heated, heated rivalry because Kent was big, and I'm standing like there are guys chirping me like at my feet because they yep. basically there's a platform in the middle of the bleachers, and I'm like, let's go, Devon! Like dunk, I'm yep. yelling, and I'll never forget not thinking that the team had to submit audio filled copy to the Mac. Yep. And I remember Foose being like, you really got into it there, didn't you? Yeah. And then so when, next time we're doing edits and we're doing film like before the next game, he goes, all right, we got a presentation. We would play like a hype video of like big plays and stuff. And they kept the audio on. And I'm sitting there in the film session. It's just me going, let's go. <laughs> just like flex. And he, once again, I'm like 165 pounds, 170 pounds soaking but wet. But you're flexing like, all of And it. I'm yelling at the fans while I'm filming. And yep. so we win. We beat Kent State. Uh, and then we kill Akron at home. Um, we lose at Miami, unfortunately, and yeah, I dig that. that. Tough. But then we go. But then that took. They still. It, it took me to the. Uh, it took me all the way to the MAC tournament, and I went. Yeah. And so Toledo. Paul ended up. We we said we, we had I four of us. I didn't sit. We basically we the way we configured it was there were four managers. Each of us we were we were expecting to go back to the championship because we yeah. were hot at that point. Yep. And it was like all right, this is the way Paul's going to sit the first one and then go the next three. Um, will be and so we were not expecting to lose to uh, Ball. to Ball State no. at home, and unfortunately, um, our last regular even regular season game or MAC tournament game, I'm sitting on the bench at the queue, and Paul was in the stands as a senior. I was okay with it, um, and and that's and then you guys ended up going to the CBI or CIT, yeah, whatever that was. That was but awful. Um, that's how I mean, honestly, and then that really, I mean, for whatever I mean, say changed my life. Like it really, like I wasn't. I was just me one, being in love changed manager. your life. There were people that were ahead, like there were sophomores, there were juniors that could have traveled ahead of me, but it was just I was available, ready to go. And then yep. thank goodness we got hot, and thank goodness that Gross is a, a lot of stitches. He yeah, was, was a like, lot nope, of stitches. Lee Harvey's rolling with us, and yep. uh, and we're going. But on that note too, speaking of Miami, speaking of Akron, I'm curious because we over, we overlapped one year. Your biggest rival versus. Biggest rival I was there. Yeah, I know. We talked about this before. It definitely was Miami to start, but I think uh, when Coles retired, it shifted to Akron and Kent State. Um, But it it really forever will be those three. Yeah. I I think. Like, yeah, Toledo a little when they're good, Buffalo a little, but, like, it will always be Akron, Kent, and Miami in my eyes. And it just really depends on, like, who's good out of those three. For us, 
it was all for me at least it was always akron because freshman year obviously we got bounced by ball state sophomore year we beat akron in the mac championship to go um to go to the ncaa tournament um junior year we were up five at halftime against akron the mac championship we lose to them. They go. And then senior year, we lost in the semis to Akron. But all those games, we yeah. were always top. I mean, junior year, when we lost them, we were 14-2 and two in the MAC, And the only team we lost to was Akron. We yeah, lost to them brutal. twice. And they and it's so crazy to think Dan about Dan Brown was still there, right? Dan Brown was yeah. there. He and Gross did not get along. Yeah, no. Um, There's no love lost there. Speaking of Aaron Foose, I remember I was filming the game all the way up in his freshman year in the convo. In the purge. And we were up like seven. But once the game was in hand, there was like a minute left, and I see Foose from the bench, sprinting up, like through the student section, sprinting up all the way to the top, coming up to me, make sure you zoom in on the handshake. Oh, make sure you zoom in on the handshake. Like it meant that much that Gross told Foose to run up and tell me, make sure that we have film if Dan Brott does. And that's I what's so crazy. I, the only reason I say that is because the fact that Dan Brott leaves and goes to Duquesne and they fill that with John Gross. And then basically Dan Brott gets his entire roster to leave. Like they had three, I think Gross stepped in, they had three guys, like three scholarship guys stayed. And because they're pretty much, it, it was a heated, heated rivalry. I mean, there was, there were absolute battles and we blew them out a couple times in the combat. Like we had those bleed green nights and it was like, I remember beating them by 20, 30 and it was supposed to be like, we were either underdogs or it was like a one or two point game spread and we just blew them out. Um, and it was very, very heated. So Akron was there. Miami just wasn't competitive after my freshman year. Would Kent you, was always a battle too, though. Would you rather go undefeated at home or undefeated on the road? What was a better feeling? I mean, I, I always say a road. Like, there was no worse feeling than losing at home, but there was no better feeling than winning on the road. The thing was, for, road dubs were awesome. Unbelievable. Like, absolutely awesome because you because it was just you and the like, it was unbelievable. was on the bus and you felt that. But the energy on like court street or the energy Afterwards. on campus after like a huge win sure. was crazy because it was just like you you would get back from a road win it's like did the students watch do they know and most people that were plugged in or at least that i hung out with did but it was different from where like you would get some of these big games where you people maybe you go to one or two basketball games a year and they went to that and everyone saw it. it's like oh that was an awesome game yeah um so it was i mean we were lucky. We had really good fans. The band was awesome. Like OU, by far, in my opinion, has the best environment of any team in the yeah. MAC. Best, biggest arena, not the nicest arena, but, but definitely the biggest, the biggest easily. Yeah. Um, Bowling Green got a pretty nice one too. Bowling later, Green right? is redone. It's I, it's like a mini version of the Yum Center. Um, yeah. And then you get like the Jar at Akron and Kent State. Those are small, like Bleacher, Wooden yeah, Bleacher. It's hard, like, hard to play there. Toledo actually is a very very nice one. Eastern Michigan, ironically, has a very nice one. Um, the Mac's just an interesting place, but it's going to be interesting to see if the Mac thing, makes any moves. Like, could they, could they steal, I don't know, a Northern been, Kentucky? They or like, tried. Remember they, well, Western Kentucky and East yeah, Tennessee WKU State, would be a good, they were, ad. they, and then it, it, it fell apart. It's just, I think for the Mac to if make a If we could get rid point, of the directional Michigans, cause those are like historically the worst. Yeah. Eastern, football, Western. They're better at football. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always so speaking from a basketball perspective because so I don't care about It is interesting because now for basketball, I, don't, I didn't realize this till this week, they're not doing the divisional splits for basketball. Um, oh. It's all. It's now it's round round. Because oh, before we would eight, always, right? it would, it would that, win the but then, Well, no, but even just scheduling, we would always play Buffalo, Kent, Akron, Miami, um, and I guess Bowling Green twice. And then the the West, we would just alternate whether we played them home or away. Well, now it's a 20-game max schedule or 18 games, and they've done away with divisions. So Ohio's actually only playing – they already played Buffalo. That's the yeah, only time done. they play them this year. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting. I think for the MAC to change, I think it's – I think it's like – it's going to be a school – I think it's either Buffalo or Northern Illinois. Yeah, that, one of those got to go. That they're going to leave for something. Yeah. They're going to try – they think that they should get into the American or Hasn't something Northern like that. Illinois tried I think football? they've been trying heavily recently. I think they think they can get into – and, and they're not terribly far from Chicago. I think yeah. like the American is maybe the fit there. But um, for the Mac to really make a move, I think it has to be starting from the inside. Yep. But speaking of road trips and speaking of in home games, was the one thing that was always consistent that happened at all those games between the managers. Oh, yeah, this was sad, man. We met. Um, oh man, I'm blanking on his Casey. name. But yeah, Casey. And we my, met Casey yep. uh, last night and. He the per diem. So oh, I, I'm not even explaining this right. Yeah. But basically, what Set we would stage. do after every um, shoot around, shoot around, 
the managers would, and we would get per diem. So what was it? Like ten bucks. Fit, yeah, I was going to say ten, fifteen. Ten or fifty? I think it was ten. Yeah, ten or fifteen dollars. Which went they, a long way in Athens. Oh my God! What do we? I, I spent we, like fourteen dollars last night, and we drank for three hours. Yeah, my wife's confirming it was ten dollars. Yeah, because ten that bucks. was like our date. We would go to like the a Mexican restaurant, and we'd get like two entrees <laughs> for four fifty each. Ian, Ian had the quote. Please say your quote. Last night was the quote of the weekend. Inflation doesn't exist in Athens, Ohio. No, it fun- fundamentally does not. Um, they'll teach you economics. They're not going to practice economics. You know what I mean? We literally were talking about it. Like, if you buy 100 beers and they're $4, how are you making money selling me that beer for $1? And how now, are we I, doing this? I just want to take a sidestep off this per diem of last night. Like, at Red Brick, and Ohio, everyone knows Red Brick. Every day from what, seven, Brick Break, it said seven to nine, I think. Is it, And then every Sunday... It's Sunday, it's one dollar. One dollar well drinks, one dollar bottled beers, and one dollar whatever you want. Honestly, you maybe could just it was ask. well They'll shots it or something like that. It's just a dollar. It's it's a dollar. Fifty in Monday nights, fifty cent draft beers. Like so, this is what I'm saying. Like it go, like the, this okay, happened so the in 10 2010. Bucks. It was crazy. It's 2022, and it's yeah. still crazy. Yeah, the ten bucks was insane. So all the managers would pull their money together. They bet their ten bucks. Now, if uh, and you would take a half court shot. Everybody got one. I would just, I just want to say, if the incident, if, if Mark Emmer, if you're listening to this, like, don't take away our 2012 banner or anything because the. Let me tell you something. If I see incident. Mark Emmer, <laughs> I may, I want to have job in sports. Managers, so I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to finish that. I'm putting it allegedly on ourselves because we're Mark like Emmer. that. We're basically managed. We weren't gambling. We were basically just like, all right, if you make a half court shot, like, yeah, we're you make a half court money. shot, like, you get the money, and everyone only gets one. So like, you you basically kept your was. money if everybody Af- missed. Yeah, after shoot around, every single person got. If you wanted in, if you wanted in, if you, you, could wanted op- in. you could opt out. Could you could opt, opt in. GAs, managers. sometimes you needed that ten bucks, man. Yeah, no, there are plenty of times. Where <laughs> I can't like, gamble hey, this. I can't, I can't do it this I week. Can't I need it, man. Week, I need. Uh, I'm down bad right I, now. I ran, I'm out of. I'm out of. I'm out of dining hall swipes. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. Uh, yeah. I need the ten. But yeah. basically, everyone line up. Half if court. one person makes it, they got all the money. If no one makes it, everyone gets their money back. I think you guys did this way too. If two people made it, it wiped everything out too. I was actually thinking, that what if two people, did you go again or did no. you split the pot? Ours was not even split. Ours was just wiped, wiped like it was nothing. Because I remember someone hitting Michael Kuhn going last. And then you start cheering for the other people to make. You want yeah, everyone it, to miss. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's and true. I remember that. But it was basically, it was just, yeah, everyone would get a half court shot. I don't think Donaher ever won. Definitely not. No. I, I think Kuhn won. I, I Kuhn won was once. Good. Kuhn was good. I definitely won once. But it was it was it was a bonding experience to the way. Not oh my bonding. God. It was just like it, it was, was exhilarating. It was awesome. And it was a lot of players like you'd be coming because you usually go shoot around into team meal. Yep. Players would be trickling out. Imagine coming was, off that high. Mate, now you're like, up oh. now you're up 60, 70 bucks. Ours, I mean, dude, on you, Christian you, staff, you were done. All the coaches would come and watch and yeah. be like, oh, who's hitting the tape? He's like, I got he's like, I got and they put odds on it and whatever it was. And now they the NCAA has taken that away. It's sad. They now they just so give you no, food. No, as per, if that's no what per we diem want. anymore. Um, is it an NCAA thing or is it or just maybe a it's program? OU. I don't want to blame it, OU, so I automatically blame them. Fair enough. Either way, they don't get the $10 anymore. They just get like a meal order like the coaching staff would. So there's no more per diem shots, which I it was sad to hear. But that was if when you think back of like manager being a manager and like the experiences and like on the court, yeah, it's rebounding, it's wiping up sweat, it's filling up water bottles, it's dealing with the grunt work, it's cutting up film. One of the cool like perks, I didn't even call it a perk. Yeah, I mean, this was is, like, we had to make I, this perk up. Yeah, it was like, all right, you get to take a half court shot before every game and, yep. uh, and, and you get a chance to win. Like if you won and like you had 10 managers that are in it, to win $100 like uh, was big time. hundred. I'm telling you guys, $100 in Athens, I mean... You could it. It would last you. You feel like Jeff Bezos. It would last you a full month, easy, easily. If you were being aggressive, if you were being conservative, I'm talking two months, easily. I mean, it's yeah, it's insane. But it's insane. To uh, you want to wrap up with our NCAA stories? I wanted to talk NCAA stories, and I and I just want to talk about the two coaches you were for, whichever one you want to hit first. Yeah, let's talk about O'Shea and Gross. So Tim O'Shea. East Coast dude, he was at BC uh, with Al Skinner forever. I think he's like le- legitimately Al Skinner's entire tenure. Um, one of the most like chill, I think he would be described as a player's coach now. I don't know if that was a term in 07, mm-hmm. um, but he was definitely a player's coach to where it was probably a little bit to his detriment. Like he, ne- like I don't even know if I've ever heard him yell. Really? Yeah, like maybe once. 
um, rarely would make guys run. Players respected him, though? They did, um, for sure. It was just more of, like, they respected him, and he was a, he was a very, very good coach. He just didn't necessarily have that, like, demeanor yeah. that, like, some head coaches have where, yeah. like, they walk in the room and it's like, oh. The presence, yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't necessarily have that as big as other coaches have, but, like, he was, like, he was, like, he prepared well. Was he there was a, a guy on staff that was more, or was it was the staff kind of mirroring his? The staff was interesting. No, so I was actually um, talking about this the other day, but, um, so John Rhodes, he was yep. his, like, road Legend. dog forever, and then he went on to be uh, Northern Ohio, I think, after that head coach for a long time, which is like a D2 in, like, Northeast Ohio, I think. And then um, Bakari. He's IMG Academy now, I think, actually. There John you Rhodes go. Is, yeah. So Bakari Alexander, still to this day, is he was on the staff there my freshman year, and he's, like, the most energetic, positive, glass half full, we're all going to make it yeah. dude. And, like, that was the opposite of what O'Shea – like, O'Shea was just very calm – very collected, very chill. Everything's going to be cool. And Bakari would just like bring the noise. And then they had Kevin Kuick. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Kuick was the either the second or the third. I don't know what the what it was. But um, yeah, O'Shea was an interesting guy, man. Like, like a weird story with him is this was back when iPods were popping. And I had to, he couldn't we're figure dating out. We're ourselves so yeah, much. He couldn't time. figure out how to get his, how to get his music on his iPad from his iPod from his computer. And that was one of my first jobs I did for him. So I'm sitting at his desk and all of his music is like Michael Jackson and uh, Tina Turner, all this like old school stuff. And all I had to do, if you are not 60 years old, is drag and drop. <laughs> and he couldn't figure it out. What, and then, yeah, like, nano? Do you have I, a regular? Uh, he, no, he had a regular, but the regular, big ass like with the, with Yeah, the this spin, was with, was, the, with the little spin with wheel. The spin thing? wheel, which wow. was fire. Um, and I walked back. out of the office. This was in practice, bro. So like, he's like, "Hey, can you can you go put the music what, on my iPod?" And then I came back out like ten minutes later, and he's like, "Is it on there?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh man, you're the man. Thank you so much. I couldn't figure it out." It is funny. That's because one of my roles. Shout Stevie Taylor blessed me with this. It was hard at times when we were listening to this, was putting together the warm-up track before games. That's and having pressure, to find dude. edited. Well, I was given a lot of the songs, but so many of the songs, if you listen to like Chief Keef and Lil yeah. Dirk, like it's nearly impossible to find edited versions or find a way to edit those versions. Yeah, and even back then, yeah, back then. So it that's wasn't... a that's like an un, like what the fact like when you talk about you're a manager, what you were responsible for, and we just said sweat, rebounding, water bottles, like no one's thinking load the coach's iPod. No one's thinking, find edited versions of Chief Keef songs. Um, and that's, I think like, we wanted to talk about this before, like what's the one or two things you took away from being a manager or I guess just working in basketball in general? Was that ability to like, you just figure it out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you weren't, you like oh I, I could never have walked out of the head coach's office and be like, I don't know how to do your iPod. Like that was never even like, no. a, it was just, hey. You get it done. Man. You had to figure it out, dude. I don't know. Like just, Figure it out. As like, cliche as the time is too, is like the best ability is availability. Yeah. It's because you always had to be on call pretty much to do whatever. Yeah. Whether it's pick someone up from the airport in Columbus, whether uh, it was. Uh, which you and, rarely got paid and we'll back talk, for. And we'll talk. Gas. Obviously, I want to hear what you're taking, then the difference between gross, but like one of the things with Jim <sighs> Christian, Christian every day would, he didn't trust that Jimmy John's delivery was quick, even though they're, uh, their slogan what, what, is freaky fast. Freaky fast. So he knew my car was at, at the convo. He would just give me his card. He would send me to Jimmy John's. I get a slim. You num- got a sandwich though, right? Slim, now. slim number four with packets of mustard and mayonnaise because he didn't trust them to put it on the sandwich himself. Mm. Slim four mustard and mayonnaise. Bring it back to him. Whatever you want, grab that's, it to me. Bring that's it back. Fire. So it was just, I was just a daily sandwich guy, and I got my lunch like and. He's like, oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, you see, okay, let's talk about the most annoying things we had to do. The most annoying job was getting John Gross's coffee before every home game. (laughs) And I had to do that, I would say the majority of the time. Sometimes Kuhn did it, sometimes Donahue. The hardest was on the road, though. Yeah, the road was brutal. But at home, it, like, there was a higher expectation because you knew it had to be, like, legitimately the coffee had to be perfect. And he would would say something. Yeah, he would say something to you. He would literally be like, oh, the coffee's, I don't know how he would say it. It was like, the coffee's hot today. Yep. All or the one coffee story. No, we talked about that Winthrop trip. So, my second road trip, that was, it's only four hours from where I grew up in Virginia. So, my mom actually came, my mom and dad both came down for that game. Gross found out that my mom was there with her minivan. And I guess there was a, 
Star, there was a Starbucks in the there was a star like a fake Starbucks in the hotel, but he knew he heard or something. There was a Dunkin' like ten minutes away. So I get a knock on my door from Foos. Hey, coach is wondering if your mom could drive you to Dunkin' to go pick up uh Think about his coffee. Think and and he did. And it was so I was like, Hey mom, um, can you pick up like right now? And I was like getting ready, like suited up, like ready to go. Like, can you drive me to Dunkin' to get Coach Gross's coffee right now? He's like, Yeah. And then same thing, getting off the bus, we're walking out. And he had a coffee and he didn't say anything. Like I gave it to Foos who gave it to him. And I'm like the last one off and he's still sitting there. He's like, Frazier, er, Lee, Lee, Lee Harvey, tell your mom I really appreciate the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how, like how weird, like that's not regular. Like that's not, that's not normal. You're though. asking a freshman manager's mom to drive her minivan to Dunkin' Donuts. And sometimes like, Foos didn't even give you the money. Oh no. Yeah. So sometimes you're on the hook for the coffee yourself. And like, this is, you, you want to talk about $10. Going a long way. It doesn't go a long way when you got to buy a fucking four dollar coffee. That's fair. So, but so transition that obviously we talk O'Shea in difference. Gross though, as a Man. as a coach, how much what how much of a shift was that, that yeah, for you? Like working for him, polar opposite. He obviously was coming from Ohio State. He is type A personality, um, super super detail oriented. Did not leave anything any room for wiggle room. Like. Down to the, like, there's always the joke, like, no one's going to be able to see this, but there's always the joke of him doing, like, the one-two step. And anyone who has ever been with him, if you bring that up, they know. They're like, oh, my God, yeah, he would always bring his arm up and then up like this. Exaggerate, exaggerate every single movement. The pump fakes, when he would pump fake and try and get, like, one dribble. One step. Oh, Those were always tough to watch. But, yeah, no, I mean, look, he's, he's a very good coach. I would say... Like if we're grading coaches, I don't know. Let's let's try and do this. Like you get graded for X's and O's, you get graded for motivation, right? Like how like how do you motivate players? Yep. Um, and what's I don't know what recruiting what is, maybe? Yeah, definitely you're, recruiting. You're recruiting. He that. was obviously a very good recruiter. He crushed it at Ohio State. In Greg Oden, Mike Conley, Daquan yeah. Cook in one class. It I mean that's get his. Much better than that. Yeah, like that's his claim to fame. So I would say he's a very very good recruiter. Um, yeah. X's and O's, I would say, is probably his second bet. Like he was good. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he was good. He no, was good he at was it. Good. Yeah. Um, I would say where maybe he lacked was like that that ability to relate to each player. And, you know, th- there's different coaches that yeah. do this really well and other guys that struggle with it. And I think that's probably where he struggled was like the ability to really understand each player's like ticks. It's interesting that you say that because I agree with you, but I do think my number one outside of recruiting, I think, and, and for being around Christian, I'll talk about him is like Christian. I thought gross was really, really good X and O's. And he, he was a good X and O's coach. Christian was a different basketball mind. Christian would just get on the magnet board. He'd be moving things around. Like I think Christian, I think was much better X and O's for me. Well, you know, when you see, when you, when you see, when you oh. see like someone, and you can tell, like, literally, they'll see something happen on the court, and then the next time out, they're like, "All right, this is what they're doing, and this is what we have to do to counter it." And yep. if you can do that in real time, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like when I really oh. realized, like, what a good not not that I said once again, not that Gross was bad X and O's was Christian. I would I would be running the clock in practice, and he'd and we'd be running the same. You guys, what? Look, I'm gonna put something in right now, and he goes, "Frazier, watch." And he would just like come over to me on the side of us, watch this, Frazier, watch this. He goes, "Walt's gonna get a backdoor cut and wide open layup," and, yeah. and then literally it would just happen. And it was those quick hitters. It was the yep. ATOs. It was things like that that I'm just like, this guy knows every counter to everything. Um, that was awesome. My thing with Gross, what I thought was different, what I thought really bonded. You're right about not every single player exactly what makes them tick. But what's crazy about that 2012 team and or Sweet 16 was that that team had like a lot of clicks. Like there were different groups of people. Yeah, and like, like keeping people together. There were four or five guys yep. that were like kind of on their own. There were another three or four that were on their own. And then there were walk-ons. And then like they they not that they didn't like each other. There were some people that didn't like each other, but they just didn't hang out outside. They were very different types of people. And the one thing I thought he did so well that 2012 year was just bringing everyone together. It yep. was like where this is when we're out here. It was a tough like our I, on my. Uh, championship ring it's literally it says like it says tnt is like tough toughness and togetherness yeah and i think he did embody that it's like all right we're gonna go and we're gonna fight that was the don't the, the don't flinch uh quote uh, year right not that uh, or was maybe. it my year you're, that might have been your year yeah, i don't so because my, my the that was the sweet that, that 16 was the ring says tnt yeah, on yeah. it, it don't but flinch. that was uh and, and he brought he got them to embody that toughness 
Jim Christian, for me, I, I think did not have like, and it was a weird time. He brought, he brought back basically an entire team from a sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Once again, I, and I think I've said this on pie. I think he gets a bad rap from Ohio fans that because he was given that and we didn't bring him back to the tournament, they think he failed. We went 14 and two in conference. We went whatever the regular, let's see, 2013. We did, we went, we went 24 and 10. We went 14 and two in conference. We had a five point lead against Akron in the halftime of the MAC tournament. And it's a one bid league. Like right yeah, now, that's what I'm saying. Toledo and Ohio are both great teams right now. Most likely, one of them's only going to get in. Same thing. We blew a. We we didn't play well. Akron got hot in the second half. We didn't go back to the tournament. It is. But Christian, if you look at, I thought was better X's and O's. I thought he was um, now lasting lasting impact. Those guys, like we only played. He was only here for two years. But Christian does a dinner every single year, the Final Four. Anyone's ever played for him, coached for him. It's the shortest coaching stint of his career. Yep. But you look at there's so many Ohio guys that come back. That come back. And he takes chance. So like, he a took lot. a chance. Aaron Foos, we talked this whole, so many times this pod. He was the ops guy for gross. He, Christian never even met him before he took the job and was willing to bump him up and give him the third assistant spot. He took a chance. And that ended up working tremendously for him. Mean, he yep. brought in great recruits. He's turned into an awesome recruiter himself. He's been an awesome coach. He took a chance on guys. Obviously, he left for BC, but I and I I think he's he has a very northeast personality. He can be abrasive to some people if you look at him just from the outside. Yep. He's not like a he's not a overjoying personality. Yeah, like, it's gonna yeah. crack Super jokes. Super personable, but, like type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you grew up in Connecticut. And we both lived in New York. Like it's a very similar. Like it's what you what yeah, the coach. Just, a lot of the coaches out just there get are. to it. It's just, just get harder to, the point. to be in, in Ohio. And so he's <laughs> yeah. he's that type of guy. But it's not that he doesn't care. It's actually he does care a lot. I mean, um, I love I loved working for both of them. I learned a lot from both of them, um, and they're great people. But we had a little bit more success with Gross, obviously tournament wise. Yeah. And so your your run and my run was. We'll wrap with that. Because yeah, that, we'll wrap with that, man. That I mean, yeah, we um, obviously coming in as the what were we in the nine, MAC tournament? Nine the nine seed, seed right? which was the still to this day the, the highest. Road. Yeah, yeah the high. I mean, I should say the lowest. No, yeah, the highest seed to ever win the MAC tournament. Um, so it was it was a unforeseen run. Uh, nobody had predicted us 17 to do that. 17 and 14 regular season, 7 and 9 yeah. in the conference. It just wasn't. Started out 0 and 4 in conference. Yeah, it just wasn't a super great year by any stretch of the imagination. We go on this miraculous run and we draw Georgetown. Um, this is when John Thompson uh, III was still coaching. This is when they had Greg Monroe. Um, they, Georgetown was. They were a they, three they, seed. You guys were a 14. 14, yeah. And they, they hadn't had much success in the tournament under John Thompson. They had the one no. year where they went to the final four. And I think that was a couple years Jeff prior. Green and Hibbert, but yeah. that was it. And that was, that was like their, that was his big claim to fame. Um, and I'm blanking right now on what they ran offensively, but that's why they, they ran the Princeton offense. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they just weren't, they were just easy to beat in a tournament because they were super slow. They yeah, were very yeah. predictable. Yep. And if you got up on them, they were shit out of luck, which is exactly what happened. And I just remember, I mean, it was like foreshadowing almost because I was a uh, junior then. We were at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Obviously, ended up being there for with Providence. But um, I remember my dad was perfectly, my whole family, but my dad was perfectly across the bench of ours. And I remember just going like this the whole game. Like, I don't know what's happening. You put up 97 I don't know points against Georgetown. We made, I mean, Armand Bassett was out of this world good. DJ Cooper was disgustingly good. Evo played well. Reg, everyone played well. Like it was, it we. I don't know. I don't know what. It's happened. crazy looking at some of these scores because, like I said, you started zero and four in conference. You lost sixty two sixty at home to Kent. Sixty seven sixty two Akron. Seventy nine sixty seven Miami. Sixty five fifty seven Bowling Green. So start zero and four, and then you guys showed. Like, then you could really score because the next game from that you played Buffalo at home and won 99-77. You hung 99 on Buffalo, and then the next game on the road hung 99 at Northern Illinois. So, like, I guess you there was, score. like, a flash of that. I obviously wasn't around for that team. But, like, seeing that you put 97 on Georgetown is, like, insane when you look at some of the other scores throughout the season. Yep. Um, but did you feel, I guess my biggest question is, was, did you feel confident going into that? Or it wasn't, it was just once you got into it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, we're going to do this. Uh no, we. I mean, we, everyone would be lying if we like said we were confident we were going to beat Georgetown and the top ten pick, Greg Monroe. We had no answer from Monroe. 
Like, we walked into that game like, yeah, we don't know what we're going to do. Um, but we were faster than them. Um, yeah. almost, it's crazy. Like, we were we were running around them, it felt like. Like, they didn't have an answer for our guards. DJ and Armand were insane. And Devon, Devon was super athletic. Yes, like, Devon, yeah. So I think we threw a lot at them that they just didn't expect. Now, well, the, the best part of this— athletic except for one player. Shout out our guy, T. Oh, Tommy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Tommy was there to take charges and shoot Guess threes. what, Tommy? Yeah, that's it, bro. Know your role, and he crushed it. Um, I will say that the craziest experience early on in my career was watching John Thompson III after that game because, you know, we're all going nuts in the locker room. Yeah. And then I had to, you know, the managers, you have 400 things to do after the game. Mm-hmm. you got to get the food, all this stuff. And then what's so crazy about NCAA is, like, you know, we didn't have our flights booked. Then, like, you have to stay an extra night. There's, like, all these logistics oh, yeah. that go on if you win. And so we're dealing with all that, and John Thompson is just pacing no outside of his locker room. And I ha- I was out there when they interviewed him. Oh, uh, I can't, I don't, uh, maybe it was Tracy, Tracy Wolfson. Wolfson. Yeah. I think it was her. And she interviewed him, and he was just dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. Uh, and it was just the craziest moment. Like, oh, my God, man. Like, we are part of one of these, like, insane upsets. It's unbelievable. All right, you go and then we'll wrap. As we're looking, I did. I said I wanted to see something really cool. I don't know if you can see. There's a majestic golden retriever. There's snow majestic. is falling right now at Ohio. We're looking at College Green, and this is just like so picturesque. I just want. I know no one listening to this can hear. I just want to take a moment to pause. It's the most majestic looking golden retriever in the snow, and it's why this place is so special. <laughs> I just needed a time to to uh, to, to to cement. We that. love dogs. Um, but 2012. It's funny because the reason why I asked, like, if you felt confident about that, because you guys probably did. The thing that I remember so vividly is so that selection show comes out and we're thinking, all right, we're probably going to be a 13, maybe a 14. Who are the teams that are around there? And it was like, all right, because you're thinking there's probably four to eight teams that you have a, probably a strong possibility of playing. And Michigan was like one we kind of had in the back of our mind. Like, that would be crazy because Trey Burke was the point guard at Michigan. We had seven guys, six guys, seven guys from Columbus on that team that all grew up with him, that all played him, that weren't scared of him. Also, that team, now they had Tim Hardaway, which was who was very streaky. And Tim Hardaway has had a great NBA career at this point, uh, but he was very streaky. That was a good And then it was game. Zach Novak and Stu Douglas. Scrawny, not scrawny, but just white dudes that, once again, weren't too athletic. The one thing that really could have beaten us, which is ironic at the end um, playing North Carolina, was like we didn't, our biggest guy, like it was Evo and Reggie were our bigs. They were like 6'8". Six, six, yeah. Like we didn't have, we could have gotten, if we played a bad match, if we had a bad matchup against a team with bigs, Michigan's best big was a dude named Jordan Morgan, who didn't scare anyone. So when we got that Michigan game, no one was scared. The best two things we did, if you look at our, um, if you look at the the numbers on Kim Palm, it's actually crazy to think about this. The one thing that Michigan did really well was shoot threes um, and, and take care of the ball for the most part. We finished that season second in the country in turnover percentage, defensive mm. turnover percentage, and 16th in the country in defensive three point percentage. So we're like, we're not going to let these guys shoot threes. We're not scared of Trey Burke or anything like that. We got hot. Um, so we felt good about that. And then we luckily we got into a matchup where Temple, we thought we were going to play Temple as the five seed. South Florida knocks off Temple. And South Florida was just a really slow down, like grinded out, low possession game. Um, Coop got Coop stayed hot and we won then. The craziest thing for me, though, <sighs> still is, is UNC. So and it will always, for the rest of my life, will stick with me. I'll never forget. And he probably. He wouldn't appreciate me saying this, but I'll never forget getting on the bus after South Florida and we're in the back and Coop saying, y'all better enjoy this one because we're going to get our ass beat by North Carolina next. Little did we know Kendall Marshall was going to break his hand. Like that's the really the reason we were in that game because they had to start Stillman White, a re- basically a, a red shirt point guard that had no business playing against us in the tournament. And we Stillman and White. we just were able like they had three guys that were basically seven feet tall. It was Harrison Barnes, John Henson, Tyler Zeller. The fact that we were in that game only was just because we turned them over. I'm looking at the box score now. If I can find it, if it's still up here, um, how many turnovers? We turned them. We turned North Carolina over 24 times. Mm. So that's the only reason we're in it. And the crazy thing for those that remember, I mean, we had we're down two um, with what maybe seven seconds left. Walter Offit gets the rim. Scores, gets fouled, 80% free throw shooter. Unfortunately, they call a timeout, misses the free throw. UNC has a chance to win. We stripped Harrison Barnes. Coop launches from half court. Rim, backboard, rim, out. We go to overtime. We unfortunately lose. But, like, that was a team that was on the cover of slam before the season. It was projected to win the national championship. 
probably could have, would have. I don't know if they would have beaten the Kentucky team, Mm-mm. but they would have at least they you would have well, had them penciled had, in for a, a Final Four if they had Kendall Marshall and they were full strength. They lost the next game, but didn't they? The fact that that team, yeah, they ended up losing to Kansas the next game. But the fact that that team, I and mean, we knew we knew where we were good. We should have beaten Louisville early in the season at Louisville. We had a five point lead with like three minutes to play, and we're like, all right, we have confidence in this team. We started twelve and one, mm-hmm. and so like we knew it. But then it was like, all right, that momentum and that confidence just kind of built. Um, and I mean, honestly, it's 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 really really hard to win. I mean, you and I like it's not like we've been around a ton of programs um, or NCAA tournament programs, but the fact like very what oh, look at the mag like no one outside of us and like in Buffalo has really won games, mm-hmm. um, and to be part of three of those wins and then luckily last year bowls got him back it's pretty awesome but that's 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 ohio university man. that's a wrap on episode 100 a lovely trip down memory lane uh if you appreciate take, the listeners for letting us just literally just share like our yeah because like 10 percent of the listeners are going to make it this far and it's just going to be the ou people um if you take anything from this podcast remember if you're going to hoot with the owls you have to soar with the eagles that's a wrap. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for. Certain doors are closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rustles up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.